My name is Lindsay Nanakorn and I am the co-director and co-organiser of the Big Ride for Palestine. And can you tell me about the history of the Big Ride for Palestine? When did it start? So the Big Ride for Palestine was set up in 2016 uh, by cyclists and activists across uh, Great Britain and Northern Ireland who uh, feel that cycling is an excellent tool for representation of freedom of movement, which is something that the Palestinians uh, don't have. It's one of the many rights that is infringed upon. Um, so we've been using cycling to raise awareness. We've also been using um, the four-day cycle ride that we organise annually to raise funds for two partner organisations. Um, those are the Middle East Children's Alliance and the Gaza Sunbirds. Um, and in the past seven years, we've collectively raised about £300,000 that have gone to those charities. And how directly are you in contact with perhaps cyclists in Palestine? Extremely directly. So the Gaza Sunbirds are a para-cycling team. Um, and initially we've been working with them for the past couple of years to um, get the first Paralympic cycling team onto the Olympic stage in 2024 for Palestine. Um, and all of those paracyclists uh, are paracyclists because they've had amputations due to the violence of the occupation in the Gaza Strip. Um, so we've been funding them to get uh, altered bikes so that they have access to cycling, for training, uh, for media coverage, for kit. Um, and quite often the occupation due to the sustained violence, never mind what's happened past the 7th of October, but over the past years uh, have made a point of targeting our cyclists and targeting their bikes and equipment. So it's kind of a regular updated thing to keep them cycling on, on the road. But in view of the recent upsurge in violence, have your plans changed? I mean, 2024 is only next year. What are you going to do now? So 2024 seems like a very far away dream right now. Uh, currently, we're focused on keeping our friends alive. Um, there was a convoy where the team who were initially based in the north of Gaza were um, decided to leave as instructed by the IOF. Um, and the civilian convoy that they were in of 70 people was on Friday the 13th of October bombed. Um, several members of the team were severely injured and uh, the youngest member of the team, Allah, who was 14, was killed. Um, so we've been getting updates from them every day. It's a very scary moment when the internet access went down because we are in direct communication with them on a daily basis. Um, mainly now to support the emergency relief effort that they've launched. So any funds that were raised or are now being raised um, are being sent to the Gaza Sunbirds and they've launched an aid program. Um, so far they've fed about 23,000 people. Uh, so about 150 aid packages a day going out of food, nappies, uh, sanitary products, water, um, whatever bread that they can find. And I think it's about 10 tonnes of food so far that we've managed to distribute. Have you personally managed to get into Palestine and see what's going on there? I personally haven't been. The plan was to go in the spring, but obviously with uh, things that are going on now, uh, who knows? Um, but many members of our organising team are Palestinian in the UK or have spent a lot of time living in Palestine in the West Bank. Um, and the Amos Trust that we're partnered with um, have a regular relationship where they go to Palestine and the West Bank working directly with organisations there. They um, do a partner run for the Palestine Marathon every year called Run the Wall, which people are now doing in this weekend as we speak. Um, we moved it forward in light of what's going on. So people have been running in Bethlehem, in Hebron, uh, much to their own risk. Um, and the cycle ride that we normally organise, which is four days in the UK, 
that normally is then mirrored uh, in the West Bank and Gaza with cyclists there who run, who ride the same distance that we ride here in the UK. And today we're in, in a park in Bristol. Yes. And it's a relatively small demonstration, but it's part of a national network of demonstrations to raise awareness of what's happening in Israel-Palestine. Mm-hmm. Now, it's very easy to access a human response to the suffering. Yes. But do you think it's possible to separate your human response from your historical knowledge of what's happening? Is it important that British people understand historically why this conflict is taking place? I mean, as an organisation, uh, we are not an educational historical organisation, so I can't comment on that specifically. But in terms of the focus of what we do with the Big Ride for Palestine is to focus on the humanitarian efforts of the people affected um, by an occupation. Now, it has been declared an apartheid uh, by Amnesty International, Human Rights Watch and Israeli Human Rights Watch of Bethlehem. So we are using the language as as directed by these human rights watch organisations with a focus particularly on supporting uh, young women and girls through the Middle East Children's Alliance who mainly are experiencing huge amounts of trauma which obviously has escalated in the past few weeks um, and our focus is on the humanitarian efforts to decrease the suffering um, and to A right now call for a ceasefire release of hostages both Israeli and Palestinian so that there can be um, a process of ending the apartheid state there and finding a peaceful reconciliation. But it is hugely dividing Britain at the moment and we've seen you know the Home Secretary's comments about demonstrations in support of Palestine and Gaza. I'm just curious to know how the argument can be pushed forward beyond the mere humanitarian need, how we can inform British people about the reason for the conflict? I mean, political education is incredibly important. As you say, um, as a subject, it is particularly divisive. I think uh, with the hundreds of thousands of people that are coming out across the UK who are demanding a ceasefire, uh, there is a very broad perspective of understanding of the historical context. Um, historical moments that we do know happened, so it was the anniversary of the Balfour, signing of the Balfour Declaration um, only uh, two or three days ago. Um, and so there is a very recorded historical lineage of the occupation of the lands there. But do you think, generally speaking, in Britain there is an ignorance about why this conflict is taking place? I mean, for example, were you taught about Israel-Palestine when you were at school? So I can't speak on behalf of Britain, um, and I wouldn't uh, wouldn't attest to try to. Uh, Personally, my introduction to what was uh, going on in Palestine and Israel came from a dance group who came, I'm trained as a dancer, who came to my dance school uh, with a lot of literature um, inviting uh, a certain political perspective, which... uh, as I was reading it, I felt curious about, and so I um, did a lot of reading myself. And are you finding that cycling is a way of interesting people and raising their curiosity? Absolutely. I think there's a uh, often a perspective with activisms around uh, humanitarian causes or anything that's linked to contentious political subjects um, that it is inaccessible, and a lot of people feel like they want to stand up for the things that they believe in um, and to stand up for for peace and equality and justice and freedoms um, and often don't know the best way to do that and cycling is such a um, a kind of galvanizing way of bringing people together there's a literal movement to it 
we interact with so many fantastic towns and communities um, on all of our routes and it's such a great way of kind of getting together like an international community as well. So this weekend we've got six rides happening in the UK. So that's here where we are in Bristol, Birmingham, Manchester, Swindon, London um, and Sheffield which are all happening either today or tomorrow in line with other regional demonstrations. We also have cyclists in Canada who are um, doing remote rides, cycling the same routes. We've got cyclists in Italy, in Germany, in Kenya, in Sudan, who are all cycling with us with the same motion that we want freedom, justice and equality for uh, everyone that's Palestinians and Israelis because the occupation serves nobody. How many thousands of miles do you think you personally have cycled in support of Palestine? How many? I mean, collectively as a group, it's got to be tens of thousands. Um, we have cyclists who've cycled to Palestine, um, who regularly have been doing that journey. Uh, we have small cycles happening alongside our national uh, like annual cycle. Um, this year we had 350 people cycling 200 uh, miles over four days, so that was Swansea to Bristol. Um, and obviously with what's going on now, the mileage is really starting to rack up. And the rain's not going to put you off today? No. <laughs> Thanks very much for talking to yeah. me. Thank you very much. So I notice your placard makes a reference to the 75 years history of Gaza and Palestine and Israel. Do you think there is an ignorance in this country of why the suffering that's taking place now, what the cause of that is? Definitely. Um, I'm actually Jewish. Uh, I've been born and brought up in this country and I was completely unaware of Britain's role in helping establish the, Israel, uh, the State of Israel. Um, and it's only really through researching, finding out the background of what's been going on with this conflict that I've learned about our role in terms of the Balfour Agreement, in terms of the uh, work with America to offer Palestine to Israel. Uh, and so that makes me feel very uncomfortable as a Jewish person that we were, we had um, a part in kind of driving people, Palestinians, out of their land. And I don't think that history will go away. It's just generation upon generation are going to keep feeling resentful and bitter about that. But this information is something that you came across later in life. You weren't yes. taught it at school. No, I wasn't taught it at school. Do you think it's important that perhaps the national curriculum should include broader historical subjects such as Israel-Palestine? I think if there's a situation that is affecting, continuing to this day, it would make sense that we learn about that at a young age and understand, for better or for worse, our role in those countries. We can talk about why we did that. Why did we do that? We probably had the best intentions, but the reality is that we made a mistake and we are suffering, and Palestinians actually, actually are suffering to this day because of it. But most people are on this march today because of the human response to the suffering. Yes. Is it possible to separate that um, activism and that intention 
from the historical knowledge that people seem to lack about the reason for the suffering? I think people are very much reacting to what they've seen and heard about the casualties of this uh, conflict. Uh, so there's a very human response that's immediate and now. Um, so I don't think you need to know the history to feel that and to respond like that. But I think it adds enormous weight to the uh, way we feel about our political leaders um, and our acknowledgement, for me, the acknowledgement that it has not come out of a vacuum. My poster mentions that I stand up for Garter and Guterres. I mention Guterres because he was the first leader to state about the history and to mark the fact that there is a historical connection between what's happening now and what happened before. So we're all learning from what he said. We all go away and find out what's he talking about. Why is there? Why is he talking about this history? So yes, I think it adds uh, extra layers to our knowledge and understanding by knowing the history. But in recent weeks, and we're speaking now in November 2023, this subject has become so divisive in this country that it's very difficult to talk openly and publicly about it. Yeah. As a Jewish person, yeah. do you find it challenging being in this setting where most people probably have quite antagonistic feelings towards the state of Israel? I think one thing that's not been clear enough, and it's definitely not come through in the media, is the separation between being Jewish and support for Israel. I was on the London March, uh, I think, is it two weeks ago now? Uh, and there were a significant number of Jewish people there making it clear, as I was on my placard at that time, that they were Jewish and that they dis did not support Israeli actions. And in fact, if we remember, there's a lot of Israelis in Israel who do not support the Israeli response. So I think. It's, it's really vital to tease out the religious arguments or case that is made, but the, uh, separate it from the moral kind of case that is made, uh, and that you can support that moral case of whatever religion you are. Um, so yeah, that's where I come from. Do the actions of the Israeli government affect your faith? Do they have an impact on your faith? No. Short answer, no. Uh, I mean, it, that is a, a political manoeuvring going on, um, uh, very much about uh, acquiring land, extra land, uh, about military power. And, you know, I do believe that Israel had choices about the way they responded to that Hamas attack. And I don't think they gave it even a thought about the way they could approach it to minimize Palestinian casualties. And when you look at the map, there's an interesting image or diagram of the gradual erosion of the Palestinian space within Israel. Um, and, you know, there's over the years, over the decades, Israel has continued to take land from the Palestinians. That is their, probably their ultimate goal. Uh, and so for people like me, wanting a sort of peaceful solution, uh, I'm really, really upset and angry with the way Israel has responded. And that's why I'm on this march. How do you think we can better educate people in this country to understand Britain's direct role in what's happening today? Well, I think teachers now have the opportunity to take this conflict, to talk about it in the classroom and to peel back some of the, um, in a very factual way. People don't need to get emotional, although that's hard not to, but teachers need to very factually peel back where this began, why it began, who was impacted and how, and 
yeah some of the key things you know the, the there was a six-day war there was all sorts of Gazan war I don't remember I don't even know all of the different conflicts that have led to this point but there's been several of them and I think yeah teaching teaching our um, our children about that and not being afraid to I think it's really important for exactly the same reason that I think that all of you are here as well. Because I cannot bear to see another body of a Palestinian child pulled from the rubble of a home destroyed by Israel's bombs. This is a war crime and we will say to Keir Starmer, to Rishi Sunak, to Joe Biden, to Netanyahu, blood on your hands and shame on you! Yeah.